0: Uh, glad to have you here. Um, excited to be in the scripture again with you this morning. I have loved this book of 1 Thessalonians. I don't know if you have or not, but I certainly have. And uh, we are at the end of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians today. And Paul expresses his confidence in God to sanctify these believers at Thessalonica. He said, may God himself sanctify you completely. May your entire being, uh, inside and out, body, soul, and spirit be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he gave them this promise, God who calls you is faithful and he will surely do this. Or he will accomplish this. God will make this happen. This is a prayer of blessing or a benediction. Uh, it was to infuse the Thessalonian believers with courage to go on, to press on, to live a godly life. It, it is to infuse us uh, with courage to live a godly life. Uh, it's encouragement That we can live the extraordinary life that we are called to in Jesus Christ because God Himself will do the work. If God doesn't do this, if God doesn't sanctify us, if God doesn't accomplish these things in us, then all we have is a dead religion. All we have is pressure to perform, all we have is a heavy load of commands. But Paul said emphatically, God will surely do it. Meaning, he will sanctify you completely. When I was a young man, particularly during my time when I was at Iowa State, God got a hold of my life. And I wanted to, I know a lot of you won't understand this phrase, but to me, this was how I expressed it. I wanted to be a radical for Jesus Christ. I wanted to make disciples. I wanted to make an impact on the, the whole campus at Iowa State. Uh, I wanted to shake up the world for Jesus. Uh, I wanted to be something for Jesus, do something for him. And there was a lot of good in that desire. But you know what? It was too heavy of a burden for me to carry. Because I was thinking I was going to do that. And it crushed me. And it brought me... Uh, To a a really to a very low point. Uh, But the one good thing that came out of that. It just totally freed me from legalism from then on. Man I could smell legalism a mile away. Because I'd been into that. I'd felt that performance kind of religion. I felt it heavy. Very heavy. And I saw what it did to me. I couldn't carry it. And before we get into this message any further. uh, I just feel prompted to say. Uh, To the young people, please do not view the Christian life as something you have to go out and perform on your own. It is not just a list of rules. Uh, Parents, don't turn Christianity into just a uh, high-pressure morality for your kids. Uh, Yeah, don't, don't make it just about them and their Obedience to an outward list of rules. You can't do that. You can't live the Christian life that way, and they can't either. And it's going to turn them off. It's going to just make it seem like a dreary, dead, um, unjoyful thing. And they're not going to want anything to do with it if that's the way they see it. Paul urged the Thessalonians throughout this letter to be holy. He did. He urged them to abstain from sexual immorality, to love each other, to live in peace with one another, to rejoice always, and to give thanks in all circumstances, and many, many, many more things he exhorted them to. And they should, and we should, diligently seek to obey everything God's word tells us to do. But Paul reminds them that they are not on their own to do that. He said, the God of peace himself will sanctify you completely. God is going to undertake this work in your life and he's going to see it through to the end. It's all about God and what he is going to do in your life. If we make the Christian life mainly about obeying commands without emphasizing the surpassing greatness of God's power to accomplish this in us, life becomes, as I said, an incredibly heavy burden. And we begin to think and to feel that everything depends on us, uh, that we're kind of on our own to be good and to be holy, and that we have to carry ourselves to the end of the race. Uh, And that turns our eyes inward on ourselves, and it gets our mind off of the glory of Christ and the grace of God, and onto ourselves, and our performance, and it all becomes about us, and it sabotages sabotages our joy, it saps our spiritual enthusiasm and energy, and just creates a spirit of heaviness in the way we go about life. Well, Paul comes along here, and he frees us, he sets us free from all that, and he says, God is going to do it. God himself will surely do it. And of course, we pursue godliness, but we pursue it from a place of rest and confidence that God himself is doing the heavy lifting. I think it was Spurgeon who asked, is your religion carrying you, or are you carrying it? And I see people, I see Christians, many of them are really sincere, they want to please God, but I see them and they're carrying their religion. It's not carrying them. God, they don't view it as God carrying them. Uh, they're not running, you know, bubbling over with joy and confidence and boasting in God. They're, they're, they're like under this cloud, under this weight of carrying this themselves. Is your religion carrying you or are you carrying it? I think that's a great question. And if you feel like Christian life, the Christian life is mainly you carrying this heavy load to perform for God, that is not the gospel. Christ himself bore our sins in his body. With his stripes we are healed. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness he he himself made us alive to God. It's God doing the work. And we're going we're gonna to see how, our, how this all works out in our own heart and what we seek and pursue and all that. But, but just for a minute, just, just take this promise as it stands. God himself will sanctify you completely. He is faithful. He will surely or certainly do it. In Christianity, God is carrying us. We are not carrying him. And this is not just a a comforting thought, not kind of a clever saying that that I thought of. It's straight out of the Bible. Isaiah 46, 1 through 4. Bel and Nebo, those are names of Babylon's idols, Babylonian idols or statues. Bel and Nebo are born by or carried by beasts of burden. Their images, or I don't know if that, that may mean their statues, but their images you carry about are burdensome. They are a burden for the weary. But listen to me, you descendants of Jacob. I, the Lord, have upheld you since your birth, and I have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs. I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. So, you need to get this uh, picture this word picture in your mind, you need, you need to get this idea, this thought in your mind that no matter what you're going through, no matter, no matter how hard it is, no, how, no matter how impossible things look, you need to get this uh, truth uh, embedded in your soul that the Lord, God Himself, is carrying me. And He will carry me. He's carried me from birth and He'll, he'll carry me to old age and even to the grave. God has me, He has you. It's as as Isaiah clearly taught in this passage, it's it's Babylon religion, it's pagan religion that is like carrying a heavy burden. Uh, The Apostle John said, His commandments are not burdensome because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If you belong to Christ, if the Holy Spirit has been. Sent into your heart as a believe when you believed in Christ, you have the power of a new life within you. It's it's called being born of God. I mean, that's what John calls it in this passage, and that new life overcomes sin and the devil and the world, and that's what makes God's commandments not a burden, but a joy because. God did that. Whatever is born of God. If you've been born of God, you, you have the resources, the power, the, the life within you to overcome the world and all the sin and temptations of it. God did that. You know, when I was uh, thinking about this uh, concept of, of uh, carrying, uh, carrying God versus God carrying us, I, I thought of the passage in, in Numbers 11 And I think it it helps me and it might help you this morning. Numbers 11, verse 14. Moses cried out to the Lord and he said, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. That's what life feels like when you're trying to carry it by yourself. That's what life feels like when you're trying to be a Christian on your own. Um, Whenever we think it all depends on us, that's where we end up. We end up the same place Moses did. We end up weighed down, feeling like it's just too much for us. It, we, we feel weary or groaning or even depressed or discouraged. You know, I cannot count the number of times uh, where I've been tempted to go uh, that same place that Moses was. Uh, just feeling like, you know, Lord... In different areas of my life, I just, I just can't carry this. I just can't carry this by myself. And, of course, what does God say? Well, I, you're not supposed to. I don't want you to. I will, I will carry it. Um, I cannot count the number of times I've been out uh, for walking uh, and praying, you know, on a Sunday afternoon or in the morning or sometime, and I just say, Lord, you carry Real life church, you carry the church, take us where we need to go. i can't carry it. You carry the business, I can't carry it by myself, uh, Lord, you carry me to the finish line, you keep me strong and faithful and spiritually on fire, clear to the end. Lord, you do that, Lord, please make me the elder and pastor and husband or other any other role that I have, please please make me that. Help me to do that. Help me to be that that person that you've called me to do or to be. And the the peace, the peace and the rest that comes over our heart when we are actually trusting God to undertake these things is absolutely life-changing. Another verse that just over the years has been a great comfort to me. Uh, and you, you've heard it here at Real Life Church, but wow, I love this verse. It just, it brings such rest to my soul, such confidence to me. Hebrews thirteen twenty three and 24, this is out of New American Standard. Now may the God of peace, the God who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, may God equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Uh, think, think about those phrases. God equipping you to do His will in everything. I th- that's one of the most wonderful promises I, th- I think there could be in Scripture. Man, it's just it's just so great to uh, to have confidence, to trust in God to do that. The next phrase: God working in you all. That is pleasing in his sight. What peace that gives. What boldness for life that gives. And that's essentially Paul's point here. That's his confidence here. Paul knew knew as great of of an apostle as he was. He knew he couldn't sanctify them completely. He knew the Thessalonians couldn't sanctify themselves completely. But he knew that God could sanctify them completely, and that he would surely do it. That's confidence in the ministry. Minis- it's confidence in God. It's confidence about ministry because of confidence in God. If you know Jesus, if you walk with the Lord, if you love God, uh, the scripture says throughout in many places that God, God is holding you. We talked earlier about God carrying you, but there's other word pictures that are used to describe this Beautiful relationship of God upholding us and, 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 and holding us fast. Um, God has a hold of you and he won't let you let go. David said, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And though he falls, he will not be cast down, for the Lord is holding his hand. Isn't that great? Isn't that great to know? That's Psalm thirty-seven twenty-four. The Lord is never not holding your hand. If you belong to Him, you will not be hurled to the ground because God has a hold of you. And He will, he will, he will keep you from stumbling. He will lift you back up. Uh, Philippians 2.13, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to actually, I think that's Philippians 1.6. But anyway, it does not matter. Philippians six: He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And again, just the straightforward promise. It's so good to be true that I, thi- I, I honestly think that we probably have trouble believing that it's true. It just sounds too good to be true. God himself Will completely sanctify you or, and make you blameless in spirit, soul, and body. All right, that's my introduction. Now let's go back to the passage and let's work through, uh, through these two powerful verses. All right, Paul begins by addressing his prayer to the God of peace. It's a beautiful phrase, it's used all over in Scripture. I, just, I was struck how many times uh, Paul uses that phrase that he calls God the God of peace. Uh, in one of his benedictions, uh, in one of the letters to the Corinthians, he, he calls him the God of love and peace. What a beautiful description of God. The God of love and peace. But here he, he addresses his prayer to the God of peace. Uh, peace comes from God. God is, God is himself Peace, and our peace comes from God and only from God. Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God brings peace into our relationships with other people and into our hearts. But God also brings peace into our lives by sanctifying us. I don't know for sure that that's why, uh, why, why Paul addressed God as the God of peace right here. The subject is sanctification, right? It's about changing us, transforming us, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, I don't know for sure that he's tying this, the phrase God of peace to our uh, sanctification, but he certainly could be. Because God does bring peace into our lives through the process of sanctification. Uh, Isaiah forty eight twenty There is no peace for the wicked. Sin uh, does not bring peace into your lives. Peace comes from God. Sin brings calamity, misery and turmoil and destruction. It's the, the total opposite of peace. Uh, the further you get from God, the further you get from peace. But God said in Isaiah 32:17, "The effect of righteousness will be peace." and the result of righteousness will be quietness and trust forever. If you've got too much turmoil in your life, and you want to be free from a lot of calamity and turmoil, you will want to be sanctified. You will want to walk in this sanctified life that Paul says God will accomplish because it does bring you into a state of peace. Hebrews twelve eleven 11 says um, God's discipline, or I, I, I really think we could maybe paraphrase, I don't think I'm stretching it too far to say that God's sanctifying work in us produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Peace in our hearts, peace in our whole being, comes from holiness, from living in agreement with, with God and his ways. All right, next Paul uh, said, God himself uh, will do this. Now may the God of peace uh, himself uh, sanctify you completely. So the, that, the, the next really key word is himself, and it's a really important word. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, but first, uh, and, and I think to help us really understand the impact of this statement that God Himself will do this, I want st- to I want to step back and consider well, what is God going to do? What what was Paul? What exactly was 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 uh, Paul asking God to do? And he said. Obviously, the phrase he used was to sanctify them completely. Uh, But what does that mean? Uh, We can just throw that word around and maybe not fully understand what it means. Uh, Well, it means that God would make them holy, uh, pure, blameless through and through. Uh, Sanctification literally means to be set apart, uh, to be consecrated. It means to belong to God for his purpose. You are God's man or you are God's woman. That's your identity. It's how you think about yourself. Sanctification is being transformed from a life of living for yourself to belonging to God and living for Him. Sanctification is being transformed transformed from a life of sin to a life of holiness. Uh, Ephesians 4.24 describes it as putting off the old self corrupted by its sinful desires and putting on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And Paul prayed that this sanctification, this this true righteousness and holiness would would permeate our entire being. Um, He said, after he prays for them to be sanctified, he says, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that helps us understand sanctification quite well. It's every part of you, uh, your body, your mind, your personality, uh, your, your outside and your inside, uh, your soul and spirit to be completely holy and blameless. And you know what? You will never... Find God's purpose for your life until you see that His plan for you is the complete renovation of your heart, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit to completely change you, transform you, to conform you to the image of Christ through and through. God is not satisfied for you to clean up a few outward gross sins or bad habits. He wants you uh, through and through. He wants to do his work in your entire being. And when we come to know God, when we we become to truly know God, we we become concerned about uh, this work, his work in us, about being sanctified or holy. Um, The writer of Hebrews said, without holiness no one will see the Lord. And that's because a a pursuit of holiness is the the very essence of God's work in us in us it's it's the very evidence that we have come to know god because he starts to work in us we're born of god and immediately that transforming work of the of the holy spirit begins to purify uh clean us up first uh, corinthians 7 1 therefore beloved since we have these promises let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles the body and the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god wow Titus 2.14 Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify us for himself a people or to, to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. That's sanctification. A people purified that are his very own belonging to him set apart for him consecrated to him devoted to him. Now this isn't, isn't the, the uh, you know, essence or topic of our message this morning, but I think it's really important to say, and we say it all the time here at Real Life Church, so I'm sure you've heard this, but we are loved and accepted right now while we are being perfected. Okay? I mean, we, right now we stand in the grace of God while we are being transformed, sanctified. Uh, but never forget that the goal is Christ fully formed in you and in me. And just as you read this, obvious—it's—it's obvious, it's very obvious that uh, these truths are are couched in Paul's prayer um, for the Thessalonians, and, and Paul was praying this: May God do this. May God. Uh, completely sanctify you uh, dear Thessalonian believers and that is what you pray for other people when you love them and when you have God's interests at heart Wh- what, what are God's interests I mean what are, what's God's primary interests well d- he just told us that we would he came to uh, redeem us and to purify us from, from all wickedness uh, that we would belong to him lock, stock, and barrel body, soul, and spirit of course uh, we pray for health and we pray for needs to be met and we pray for problems to be solved we pray for uh, safety and we pray for people that we love to enjoy their vacation and um, And for them to get their house sold or for our kids to get good grades all of those things and I I hope you pray for those kinds of things Uh, God's interested in every area of life absolutely but if you know have come to know God and you have God's interests on your heart your passionate all consuming prayer will be for those people you love to be godly and Sanctified and pure and growing in righteousness and holiness, doing the will of God. Um, I love the prayer of Epaphras that Paul uh, referred to in uh, Colossians. He said, uh, if Epaphras, who is one of your own, in other words, he was just part of the church there. Uh, Epaphras, who is one of your own, is always striving earnestly for you, in His prayers, that you may stand perfect and mature, and be fully assured in all the will of God. That's how you pray for people when you have God's interests at heart. Paul prayed that way for the Philippians. Uh, it is my prayer. This is uh, chapter one, nine through eleven. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That, that, was, that was what it was on his heart for those people at, at Philippi. And another place in Thessalonians uh, chapter 3.13, may the Lord cause you to overflow with love for one another so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So, using Paul as, as an example to instruct us, I, I would urge you to pray like this for those you love, for your kids, uh, for your grandkids. Uh, yeah, pray for them to get that job they want. Absolutely. But make your passionate, fervent, Prayer for them, their holiness and purity and sanctification and that they would be, as Paul said, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Pray for your kids, your grandkids, your brothers and sisters here at the church uh, because sanctification matters for every single one of us. For us, for, us, for, grown, for adults, old people, young people, it matters Alright, then we come back to this uh, very important word, uh, Himself. Uh, May the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. Uh, some of the commentaries that I read said that this sentence is structured so that this, is, this word is the emphasis of this statement. That God Himself would do this. Not not any other you know not, not a human being not any other person not any other program may god himself sanctify you completely your your holiness your goodness your uh, progress your growth as in 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 spiritual things can only happen by god's action in your life he himself is working on you. Uh, your, your holiness is a work so big, so humanly impossible, uh, the only way you can hope for this to happen is for God himself to do it. And that's exactly what Paul says God will do. He will certainly or surely do it. Now, this doesn't mean that we go completely passive uh, or make no effort. Um, so often I hear people say well if I'm ever going to be patient or if if, if I'm ever going to learn to be patient God's going to have to do it I know I can't or if I'm ever going to have victory over this sin God's going to have to change me because I can't there is truth in that but there's also error in that Uh, and it's an error that will keep you stuck right where you're at God sanctifies us By working in us, he will sanctify you by by working in you, by strengthening you. By willing in you all those things that are pleasing to him. Uh, We work because God is working in us. You fight sin because God puts in you um, a hatred, an opposition to sin. Uh, You put sin to death because the Spirit of God in you is leading you to do that. It's Romans 8. Um, You choose to please God because God Himself puts that desire in your heart. Um, Philippians 2.13. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Uh, He says work out your salvation. I think He's talking about the process of salvation, or what we would call sanctification. Uh, You work out your sanctification because God himself is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Uh, Nothing would happen without him, but with him it, it will happen. And then Paul ends with this, verse 24. He who calls you is faithful And he will surely do it. Uh, The God who called you to Jesus Christ, the God who called you to himself, uh, is a faithful God. He's a reliable God. He is trustworthy. Uh, He does what he says he will do. Um, When he plans to do something, he finishes it. He finishes it with power and might. He is faithful to you and he is faithful to his plans to, to get you where he wants you to go, to sanctify you. The uh, ESV says he will surely do it. The New American Standard says he will bring it to pass. Um, the goal of your sanctification will be reached because, because of God and because of his promise, because of his commitment to you, because of his faithfulness, because of his loyalty to you. And to not give up on you. And this is great news. Uh, because. Uh, we need to be transformed. We need transformation. We need sanctification. Sin is powerful. Uh, Jesus said everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That's self-evident. I mean, uh, I mean I believe that because Jesus said it. I can also look around and see see it all, all the time. The one who sins is a slave to sin. Um, sin captivates, it enslaves, it destroys, it plunges lives into misery. Uh, for some reason, I thought of this verse in, in, that Paul uses in Timothy where he describes, he describes women, it could be men too, but he describes women who are weighed down with sins and led astray by various passions. Men and women, weighed down with sins. Uh, some of us have experienced or seen firsthand the way alcohol, pornography, sexual sin can damage lives and marriages and uh, bring such, such, such misery. Think of the way uh, anger or hatred or self-pity or complaining or grumbling or bitterness can, can so easily dominate your mind and your personality. Uh, We need the work of God to make us different people, don't we? And thank God He is faithful to transform us. He called us, the God who called us is faithful, and He will do it. Uh, Spurgeon said, We would have joy like those who are already in heaven if we believed with unstaggering faith that faithful is he who called you, and he will also do it. He said, you know, the, the more we believe that, now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a lot more happiness and joy uh, when, when we just see how God, again, is faithful. God's doing the, the heavy lifting. God's carrying us. He's got a hold of us, and he's going to see us through all the way to the end. All right, so let's wrap up with just a few applications. We've already touched on them, but uh, just going to ask the question. So, in light of this, how how then should we live? Uh, and I've got I don't know four or five things here. So, first, we should live with a passion for holiness, because once we understand, that's what God's doing in your life. Uh, that is what God wants to do in you. And you really don't, don't, won't know why you're here or what God is doing in your life uh, until you, until you uh, align yourself with that purpose, until you understand that this is the overall arching purpose of God, that you would be kept spotless, blameless, uh, holy in righteousness all the way to the end and kept... Uh, kept that way at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, get on board with God's purpose to sanctify you completely. Seriously, uh, seriously seek to please your heavenly Father in every thought, every attitude, every word, even every expression on your face. Uh, I mean, there's so many things we can do outwardly as Christians. You know, read our Bible, pray, come to church, whatever. And then we can glare at somebody. Or look like we're the most un, you know, unhappy person in the world. I mean, God's got to touch us body, soul, and spirit. Part of your body is your face. I mean, God's got to get every single part of us, every attitude, every word, everything about us. As I think one translation says, He's got to sanctify us through and through. All right, second, uh, don't live like life is a burden. Or that being a Christian is a burden. Uh, God Himself is the is the burden bearer. Uh, Christ Himself is the one who has borne our sins. Uh, God has sent this Holy Spirit into our hearts to purify us. And Paul said, I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like the Christian life isn't a fight because I say that all the time, but Paul just said, Hey guys, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill that is the sinful desires of the flesh. Just I've given you the Holy Spirit, just walk with Him, and you're gonna be fine. That He takes He takes the burden, the heaviness out of it. It's it's walking with the Spirit, and that sanctification process, that purification process is going on. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. That that needs to be our our perspective. We are more than conquerors, even in our sanctification because of all the provision of God that he has made for us to be sanctified. Uh, third, uh, live, live with confidence uh, that God is finishing his work in us. Live, live with confidence that uh, because of God, I am going to make it. Because of God, I am going to finish strong. Because of God, I'm going to make it clear to the end. Because of God and his work, I'm going to finish my race and live, live confidently that way. Uh, and Paul said, Philippians 1.6, again, we are confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Fourth, avoid false substitutes for a deeper Christian life. Uh, there will always uh, be somebody telling you about a new book or a new program or a nearest new uh, series of uh, steps or whatever that will sanctify you, that will set you free uh, from your past or your sins or your emotional baggage. Paul just says God Himself will do it. And that needs to be our focus. Put your hope in God Himself to. Transform you to heal you to sanctify you to make you into the person he wants you to be. There's a verse in a hymn that we sing um, that says, uh, "Venture wholly on Jesus." What is the name of that song? Anybody know that? Anyway, okay. Luke's not in here. He could tell me. Um, but venture wholly on him. You know, God himself is going to do the work. Just put all your, put all your eggs in that basket. Put all, put all your trust in him. Venture everything. Risk everything on the fact that God himself will do it. And last, um, learn to live your life from a place of rest. Uh, faithful is he who calls you and he will surely do that do it he uh, that applies to our sanctification It applies to everything that God calls us to and whatever you're going through uh, whatever's been given to you whatever your whatever your path is right now even this morning God himself will do what needs to happen Uh, faithful is he who calls you he will bring it to pass so so rest Uh, cast your burden upon him even, even do your work from a, from a heart of rest, from a place of rest, from a place of, of confidence that God's gonna get this done. God's gonna take care of this. God's gonna see everything through to completion. God's gonna do what needs to be done. And so, I mean, of course we do what God chose us to do, uh, but again, we do it from a place of rest and confidence and peace that the work will get done. Uh, because God is faithful, and He will surely do it. Let's stand, and we'll pray.